What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Blog Talk Radio. Listening to the Pancakes and Power Slam show by Crave Wrestling on Blog Talk Radio. Be sure to follow Crave Wrestling on Twitter at Crave Wrestling and join the Facebook fan page Crave Wrestling. Episode 316, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Pancakes and Power Slam show. Of course, I am Chris Featherstone. You can follow us on Twitter at Crave Wrestling and join the Facebook fan page Crave Wrestling. Tonight's weekly interview is uh, one of the uh, greatest uh, independent uh, superstars. He calls himself the highest fly. He's the highest of highest flyers, ladies and gentlemen. He uh, is is a veteran in the business now. Uh, really had an opportunity to really hone his craft and and places like CZW and Evolve. We'll talk about that as far as just uh, the maturity of his career uh, over the past uh, decade. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, this is A.R. Fox. How are you tonight, sir? Dude, I'm doing great, man. Happy to be here. I'm, I'm good. How are you? I'm doing fantastic, man. Appreciate you coming on the show tonight. For sure, man. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. So, you know, it's, it's interesting because um, – you know, you're one of the most popular stars in the Indies. And, you know, about a decade ago when you first started off uh, wrestling, the independent circuit was, you know, it was alive, but it wasn't as important as it was now, meaning 
nowadays, uh, you know, typically it was territorials back, you know, a couple of days, decades ago. And then you have kind of like start startup systems, kind of like developmental territories, like OVW and uh, H, you know, Heartland uh, Wrestling, HWA. Uh, but nowadays, a lot of, you know, WWE recruiting comes from independent promotions like the CZWs, like the Evolves, and even a partnership with Evolve a few years back. Over the years, we have names such as, uh, of course, Aleister Black. He's an NXT champ. Drew Gulak, heavy in the 205 Live Division. So is Lince Dorado. Johnny Gargano is huge in, in NXT. And Rich Swan, of course, had his uh, stint in NXT and uh, in, in, uh, WWE as a Cruiserweight champ. You've worked with all those names. So yeah. how, how important it is, is it for just a wrestler who's in the independent circuit to really keep going and the importance of the independent circuit nowadays versus when you first started? Um, yeah, today, nowadays, man, uh, the indies are everything. And uh, someone can really make themselves now, um, and they can make themselves wanted by uh, these major companies mm-hmm. just by uh, having a huge uh, social media presence. That's like the most important thing, in my opinion, in wrestling right now is to just have the Twitter and to have uh, the Instagram or whatever. Mainly it's uh, Twitter um, and to have all them gifts come out and to have all them retweets and all the shares and all that. And with that, you can make yourself a, a star. You can literally see how many people are seeing uh, what videos you put out and stuff yep. like that. So now with the social media, it's um, – it's a it's a, it's a really great little uh, shortcut for guys because I feel all the major companies um, what they really want now and this is uh, all uh, opinion because um, besides Lucha Underground I, I did not work for any major company so I don't want to act like I know everything but my opinion is the major companies want whoever has the biggest social media presence mm. and whoever got the most buzz whoever is every, the guy everyone's talking about the guy that everyone is calling the best in the world at the time being, they want them. So if you could, it's it's almost like a brainwashing thing. If you just keep saying something over and over again, and you just post every single day, and, and if you almost brainwash um, everyone to think you are what you say you are, because um, it's almost a facade. In the end of the day. Uh, then you're gonna you're gonna get picked up, but it's it's not easy to get that that uh, buzz. But it's crazy because like nine times out of ten, like you're not really gonna do the most craziest, dangerous moves on the big stage. But in order to get noticed, that's what you have to do. Mm. You have to do you have to do something wild. You have to do something that was never been done before, or you have to do something that is just breathtaking. And then that gift, once it goes viral, and once you got that, then people behind you, you just got to just keep going. I've seen it happen um, a few times with people. I've literally been in the car ride with them when I'm like, they're making and editing this video, you know, just just something that only takes 30 minutes, you know. But then by the time we get home on the six-hour ride, you know, 5,000 people have seen it, you know. Then by the next morning, maybe 8,000 people have seen it. So with the social media, you make yourself a star. And once once you make yourself a star enough, you could 
ball to the next level. And, and I, I run a wrestling school, and that's one of the very important uh, things in my training regimen is that you have yeah. a social media as your wrestling persona, uh, not really so much as yourself, not like, oh, I got a flat tire, you know, stuff like that isn't really going to make you seem like a superstar. Your brand. Make you, make you seem cool. Yeah. You know, people people want to be, people want someone that's cool. You know, you're like, I liked Rob Van Dam and The Rock mm-hmm. when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. You know, thinking about it, it's because they were cool guys, you know. So I just tell them, you just want to come off to what you think is, is cool. Who's your favorite musician or actor or something like that? You kind of want to take bits and pieces from them. Mm-hmm. So it's not even just wrestling now. It's like a whole a whole persona, like not just in the ring, but outside of the ring as well. Yeah. Um, so far as like how much that, um, like I dress, like I won't even go outside of my house, not in my gimmick pretty much, which is not far from my true self, but like I got to have a hat and a chain and all that stuff. Like just because now since I've been on TV, I get asked to take a picture um, you know, not every time I step out the house, but almost, and I would like to have my gimmick on, you know, I don't want mm-hmm. them to catch me like, you know what I mean? Like in my pajamas or like looking sleepy or something like, yeah. if you know, I'm sleepy, I want to have my sunglasses on and mm-hmm. just stuff like that. So it's a way different time. Cause when I first started, I felt like it was like word about like how you got buzzed. Like there was the internet around and the dirt sheets, but like, really to get buzz like you had to just steal the show in whatever area you were in for like a good a good three months until the guy in the next town over will hear about you now he'll use you now the guy next to him will use you and it's kind of like a snowball effect that's how it worked for me i started down in the south and then i just did everything in georgia everything in alabama everything in tennessee and then CZW heard about me. So it was it was a lot yeah. more steps back in the day. But I wouldn't change anything. You know, I'm happy that I had to work the way I did, you know, because um, I could only imagine how it was before my time with guys like uh, Jericho and Benoit and them going over to Japan, you know, 30 years ago when there wasn't even the internet or wasn't even Wi-Fi or anything. And, yeah. Or how to even get connects to go to Japan back then is something I think about. So, you know, I'm I'm happy that I was kind of in the middle. It wasn't super hard, but it wasn't super easy. You know, I just had to keep going. And a lot of times, I'm getting long-winded now, but a lot of times just for guys that are listening that are coming up, you'll be discouraged, you know, because mm-hmm. it took a good kind of seem like, okay, maybe this is it for me, but, um, you know, the worst thing you could do is quit. You know, I had several opportunities to quit. I did evolve when I was about five years into my career, um, and I was involved champ for about my fifth and sixth year in the business, and then for my seventh and eighth year in the business, I was mainly doing a company called Dreamwave. So I had went from doing Evolve, which was like the best independent company and being their champ, to having a falling out with them to a company called Dreamwave, which is a great company, but it's um, it was a lot down the ladder in comparison to Evolve. Mm-hmm. So I went from doing Evolve to Dreamwave um, full-time, 
And that was a time when I was looking back, like, man, I'm moving backwards in my career. Did I reach my peak already? Is that the highest I'm ever going to go? You know, and that was a good year or two span, you know. But then I just kept doing my best, just kept trying to steal the show, just kept posting my videos online. And then out of nowhere, reached on the ground, said, hey, man, we see your stuff, man. You're going kind of crazy. We want to sign you. And everything kind of got revamped in, like, my ninth or tenth year of wrestling. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, so I I could have quit in my first two years when nothing happened. And then I could have quit again after I had a fallen out with Evolve and I wasn't really doing much. I went from being booked, like, every single weekend to, like, twice a month. You know, so I just, you know, just stuck through it and, and then Luke Underground just came through and then after that happened, everything else kind of fell back into place. So it's like, just saying, like, it's going to be a long journey and it's a lot of sacrifices financially as well. Mm-hmm. Like, you're going to have to take a trip, maybe two, maybe three, maybe five, where you buy your own plane ticket and you're not going to get paid. But if you don't make that sacrifice, you might not make it at all. So, you know, you got to just bite the bullet and uh, make the sacrifice. Yeah. Um, that's really the only way um, you're going to get on in this business. Like, unless you're, like, already a NFL player or or you already have a physique that's TV ready, if you don't already have those things, then you, you got to get on the grind, man. You got to make them sacrifices and take them trips. And if yeah. there's an empty spot in the car, you got to go. You got to look up the shows near you and just go and set up the ring and all that stuff. The ring, setting up the ring is something that's found upon, but we're all in it anyway, and we're all we're all using it anyway, so I always enjoyed setting up the ring that I was going to perform in, because shit, I want to make sure that it's up to par myself anyway, so, you know, guys just got to keep plugging away at social media and hit the roads and you pay them dues. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, it's funny, I remember uh, I've had Teddy Long on my show before, and uh, he's said in many interviews that, uh, you know, he one of the first things that he did was he started off uh, uh, putting together the ring and um, driving people around. And he said, you know, for the first, like, six or so months, he didn't get paid anything. And so, you know, it's and it's like just that stick to itiveness and now he's in the WWE Hall of Fame, you know what I mean? So it always it always takes that type of grind, you know, unless like you said, unless you have that it factor, unless you are just, you know, have a body, you know, uh, of some type of uh, Greek, you know, god or so, uh, you know, it's um it's tough to, you know, to to really be seen and say, "Okay, we're going to give you some type of meteoric push you know what do you think what do you think about that because you have people like braun Strowman, uh who you know the strongman competition at first but you know hasn't been in the business for long at all and and they get you know sizable pushes within the wwe because of their size you know how difficult is it to um you know to have that type of kind of deficiency you know if, if you're not some you know freak of nature you kind of have yeah. to grind it out like you like you've been doing. Well, see, some some guys. I mean, I think Braun is great. So some guys are gonna some guys are gonna get thrown into it and get them opportunities because they already did some things. And some people are gonna nail it, like uh, Braun did, in my opinion. But 
like I said, stuff like that is going to happen, and guys are going to see that, and they're going to be putting all this time, mm-hmm. and they're going to be working so hard, and they're going to get a bruise and bumps, and they're going to train through them, and then they're going to see someone like Braun or one of their buddies get signed and have a picture of them uh, in the NXT ring, and they're just going to feel so discouraged and so but how, you know, I've been there several times, you know, and like, especially with guys that don't really even have a wrestling background, but you just got to worry about yourself. And you just got to, oh, just, you just got to use that as fuel to just, yeah. just keep going. Now, there's going to be guys that, that are going to get signed that really don't have any background. I would do the same if I, if I had hiring powers and I worked at WWE and I've seen this, this crazy athlete, you know, one in a million guys. Yeah, I'd probably try to teach him how to wrestle too. You know what I mean? That mm-hmm. wouldn't be my my whole roster, but you know, I, I understand why they do that. I love WWE. Like, I don't really don't have any like negative outlook on them, anything they do. Like, they are my standard as a wrestling school and one of my little wrestling show. Everything I do is based off uh, WWE. Nice. They're just the best, and they make the most money. So I want to be like them. Yeah, man. That's and and it's great to hear because I've interviewed over 100 people on my show, and you know you have, and I've, and I've talked to a lot of people too in the wrestling business, and and I think you know some people have bitter opinions on WWE, rightfully so, based on their experience. But you know you also have people like yourself who aspire, you know, to 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 be a part of that WWE nature. Uh, it's, and as far as just uh, kind of mirroring, you know, just your training and things like that from the performance center, which I, I you know, I applaud as well. I, and it's, it's funny because we were talking about just the Braun Strowman's compared to the people who grind it out. I've had Ricochet on my show too, and you know, you've worked with him before, and he's he's like on the other side of someone who you know, kind of like yourself, who grind out, grind out, put so much in the business and gets discovered. And you made a really good point about just continuing to, uh, you know, shine and, and, and be separate, be different, and, and have that type of brand presence. So that is a really good, uh, it's a really good uh, kind of instruction, kind of tool, you know, for, for those who are listening in the independent scene. You've worked with, uh, you worked in FCW, didn't you? Uh, yeah, my FCW thing was kind of, it's kind of non-existent. It was an old trial, and it was only like a seven, it was only like an eight-day thing. Um, mm. It was good learning experience and stuff, though, but that was, that was like right before the indie boom. Yeah. So, I don't think I was even a consideration again signed. It was all surrounded by a lot of bodybuilders and mm. stuff like that. And I was actually pretty green when I did it. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, you talked about you had a falling out with Evolve. You were the first uh, Evolve champion back in 2010. I had a falling out with them and you returned. You know, it's interesting, if I'm not mistaken, you one of the biggest things that uh, wanted you to just uh, patch what was – uh, kind of uh, rift, you know, the rift that you had in your relationship was uh, one of your students, Austin Theory, right? You, you wanted to yeah. promote him, and 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 uh, you you called. So was it Dave uh, Sapolsky that you called, or who was it that you patched it up with, and what caused the rift in the first place? All right. Well, um, you know, so 
we're real cool now, so you know, all this is just old stuff. But back in the day, um, when I was there, I wasn't quite a name that much, and I couldn't really ask for that much or ask for specific flights or rooms or anything like I'm almost able to now um, kind of be specific with what I want. But back then, it wasn't that. I couldn't do that, but one of my main things was was that I lived in Connecticut, um, and Evolve would do the show. They'd fly me out of New York City, so which was I got at first because it saved them probably fifty to a hundred dollars to buy the flight from New York instead of from Connecticut because it's a small airport. But then after a while, I asked them to please find me some. Connecticut, because whenever I flew out of New York, even if it was a seven o'clock flight, so now that means I had to leave my house at Connecticut at five a.m. delayed, and that means somebody had to drop me off all the way in New York, which is like an hour and a half away, and then they have to drive back themselves and eat tolls, and then when I land, they got to drive an hour and a half to pick me up, and an hour and a half back through New York City. So it was, you know, it was adding an extra six hours to whoever was bringing me to the airport. So after, you know, I had the belt and I did a whole bunch of stuff, I was like, hey, man, please, can you fly me from Connecticut? Because I don't know if I could keep getting rides at 5 a.m. to New York City. So that was one of the issues. And then um, back then, I, you know, maybe they didn't have any, as many hands on deck as they do now because now they are super um, thorough. But back then, I couldn't really find the dates of their shows. So I was, you know, grinding coming up then. So I was booking as much as I can everywhere. And when it was like two weeks out, I would check the website and I wouldn't see anything posted. So I would book a show. So one time I had booked a show that was like two weeks away. And then once I announced it, Evolve officials were like, oh, wait, we got a show on that date, though. And I was like, I know, but I wrote you guys and no one said anything. And I, I, uh, and I looked at the website and I didn't see anything either. And this is in the early stages. They're super thorough now. And they were like, oh, well, you know, you're an involved guy, so you got to cancel that and blah, 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 and all this stuff. And that turned into an argument. And we basically said, all right, well, screw it then. And after after that, we didn't work anymore. So it's mainly like I really wanted to find me from Connecticut. And for the first time in my career, I kind of – put my foot down and was like, you know what, if I can't fly to Connecticut, I'm not going to go. Which now, looking back on it, was probably a bad idea because I see how hard it is to fly out of Connecticut. Mm -hmm. But I didn't know that then. And nobody explained it to me. They just were like, you're flying out of New York. So, you know, that was was the main issue. That was was pretty much our last conversation argument for years. And then, um, so yeah, so I ended up not doing the Evolve show they wanted me to do, and I did whatever other show it was. I can't remember. <laughs> so after I made that decision to do a smaller indie over Evolve, I guess they were done with me, and I was done with them. So then they kept coming up. They kept blowing up. They kept having deals with WWE and 
everyone's doing good and all that. And I came across the opportunity to run a wrestling school. And I got a wrestling school, and I got young guys that I'm training um, like crazy. Like, nobody trains more than me, and nobody trains more in the school. And just it's just throwing that out there. But, you know, I just seen these guys with all this potential, and I didn't want my my issues would evolve to hold any of my guys back. Like, oh, yeah, we like that guy, but he's a Fox guy. So let's not use them. I didn't. I don't think that's what they would do. That's kind of petty. But I just didn't want to hold any of my guys back yeah. because of any of my personal issues. So we'll, I have a lot of good students. But once Austin Theory started wrestling and I had his first match with him, and it felt like this dude's been wrestling for five years at least in his very first match. I swallowed my pride, and I wrote Gabe, and I said, Gabe, I got somebody I know you'd want. And I said, hey, man, do you have time? I'll call you. And I stepped outside, you know, because I just wanted to just talk and not my wife or anyone be around. And I just said, hey, man, screw all that old stuff, man. You're really into wrestling. It's your life. I'm a wrestler. Uh, It's my life. Like, we need to do business. I got a guy that'll freaking kill it for you and that I know he's going to go to the top, like, let me just bring him by. I got a few other guys. If you ever got scrambles or style battles or anything, I, I got I got a school of, you know, twenty like nineteen to like twenty five year old guys that are ready to go. You know, we watch indie wrestling and they understand it. I make them study New Japan. I make them study WWE. They had to watch WrestleMania three times in a row. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm like I got guys that they're doing, and but this Austin Theory guy, trust me, you want to use them. So I sent them pictures of Austin, you know, like his bodybuilder pictures and stuff, and then I explained like this dude could do this, this dude could do that, and then he was like, all right, well the next show's this, bring him down, and we'll see what happens. So he brought me and Austin down to Florida. I wrestled Austin in a singles match. They signed him after our singles match. And now he's just a big different freaking WrestleMania access. And before you know it, man, he's going to be all the way up there. And we're just going to keep doing more like that, me and Gabe. Yeah, you know, well, well, now he's the WWE champion. <laughs> so <laughs> that's a, yeah. a big deal. Yeah. Yeah, so it's ridiculous. Yeah. So, yeah, so right now it's like, yeah, it's going, yeah, right now it's, right now the under, like the underworld on the indies, everybody pretty much knows, you know, they get get with me and come with me for a little while and then I send them to Gabe and then from there is whatever happens pretty much. Yeah, that's awesome. Let the listeners know about uh, your, your school and where to find your social media. Oh, yeah, man. My school is WWA4. We're here Monday through Thursday. Um, We're in Atlanta. We got a website that'll tell you all the information a lot better. It's WWA4ATL.com. And we throw shows every Thursday that could compete with any top indie show. And, uh, yeah, we're here all the time. I'm on Twitter as a real fox with two X's. And, yeah, I've got most of my schedule. On there, I'm mainly at AAW and Beyond Wrestling. 
Those are my two favorite places when I'm not at Lucha Underground. And that's pretty much it. Awesome. And the last question is, I know that uh, you you changed your name initially. Um, was it Amplifier or something like that? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and, yeah that was... <laughs> and, and, yeah. and you changed it to the Fox because of the whole you know, your size and being able to outfox people. So so where did AR come from? Oh, it just, I just thought it sounded good. It really doesn't have any meaning to it. I just thought it sounded good. And then I, I used to listen to a rapper a lot back in the day. And his first name or his first nickname or initials was AR. And he used to always just say it on a song. And I used to work out to it a lot. And it would just get me hyped for some reason. He would just be like, A-R. And I was just like, oh, I don't know. Maybe that'll be my name. So I kind of stole a rapper's name. His, <laughs> his name is A-R Ab. Nobody probably knows about him who's listening to this show. But I stole his name, and I added Fox to the end of it. And, yeah, I made it my own. Awesome. It's been a pleasure, AR. I appreciate you coming on the show tonight. And, of course, uh, you know, uh, best wishes to you. And, and hopefully uh, we'll see you uh, soon um, on a uh, NXT ring. If not, hey, you, you're doing a fantastic job uh, with your school and Evolve. And, and uh, you've been in the business. You're, you're, you're at uh, veteran status now. So uh, yeah, I applaud you for teaching these kids to uh, uh, really become uh, stars in the, of the future. Cool, man. Thank you. Thanks a lot, man. I appreciate you having me. Awesome. Have a good night. All right. See you. Bye-bye. Bring what you got. The measuring stick just changed around here, buddy. You're looking at it. Four corners. Three. On mine. Let's go. The whole squad is making it clear. We taking this year. You know who we are, but you don't know why we here. So this is where the big boys play. These big boys play like who defies the living God. Get out the big boys way. Outsiders with the swoop in. We live as kings. You see in us, but our third man waits in the wings. And when the time is right, we shock him with the proper attack. I go for dolo, but ain't solo. Cut the promo in black. Hollywood Hendrix Prizzle pinning them. To the man. And I'm that one mission with the strength of a hundred men. With one intent to see the will fulfilled of the one who sent his son to give himself. But you rap about your gas and your rags torture. White coffins when I drop a bomb. My mic's awesome, never lost faith. You in all space, you can all skate, suffer but never cripple. No bin walls in my cross face. From here to Saturday, Raven, anticipating. I was frostbit, now I am glacier, mixed with some Vader. Get to hawking with these animals using. God for my defense in Alabama, we jamming. That's beautiful, Bobby Eaton, me and Priest. We the dangerous alliance, nah, the Harlem Heat. Tie the do-rag before we do battle. You're talking sheep, you are what you speak. This too sweet. Till the number is took back, we repping that wolf pack. The foundation shaking, no mistaking, yeah, we shook that. Trust in God, we trust, pushing forward, never look back. Meekness ain't at all weakness, some people mistook that. Stamping out this crook rap, he turning the power. Power on, on the razor's edge, leg drop after a power bomb. Tired of the lies, man, we bringing the truth through. Diligent and fruitful, the owners in our group too. It's good to be king, sold out this war is brutal. We playing them war games, our army go move too. You crew, I'm in the Raptors with a bat in my hand. And stand to shatter all your plans so they don't matter. And the grand scheme is that easy. 
We tag teaming. Donner Brothers, we love it. Demand the win. Establish it. This the clash of the champions. <laughs> this is where the big boys play, huh? We ain't here to play. And a special thank you to former Evolve champion, A.R. Fox, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, cool peoples. Um, yeah, just, just a very awesome insight um, uh, of his just thoughts on WWE, his thoughts on the <clears throat> the importance of uh, social media, uh, the importance uh, how that brands people. So all those things are really, really interesting. And, um, yeah, so thank you so much, uh, A.R. Fox, for your wonderful insight. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, we are live here on the Wrestling Inc. Facebook. Uh, join us there. Join us, of course, uh, through the Pan Slams hashtag. Of course, follow at Crave Wrestling um, <clears throat> on Facebook. And, of course, join the Facebook fan page, Crave Wrestling. Uh, there is so much to talk about tonight. <laughs> There's we got the Superstar Shakeup. Uh, we got Cena and Bella. We got uh, Rusev. We got a lot of stuff to talk about, ladies and gentlemen. So without further ado, let's get it right going. Co-host with the most, Evan Tech Proud. What a uh, crazy <laughs> weekend and past couple days. We got so much yes. to talk about. So, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's going to be fun. A lot, a lot to talk about. Good to be back on the airways with you. Uh, shout out to A.R. Fox, good old buddy of mine. We've hung out tons of times locally at shows. I'm really proud of him, man. Always. Uh, Yes. A.R. Fox, um, Mother Belly, Shane Strickland, um, who was uh, better known as Kill Shots on Leech Underground. I ran into him at WrestleMania mm-hmm. weekend. Good buddies of mine. I've been following them for the past four or five years, even before they got noticed. So. Yeah. <clears throat> now stuff. both of them are overly popular now. So. <laughs> sure. Yeah. It's awesome, man. It's, uh, Don't forget. That's what happens when you yeah. grind. Don't forget your great your great intro. You got the the clip of Kevin Nash saying uh, where the big boys play. Let's not we forget. To play. <laughs> yeah, let's not forget. Nash also said the adjective play. Yeah. <laughs> which which play is yeah. an adjective, it's a verb. But it's all good, Kevin Nash. It's all good. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. That's that's good old Nash for you. So uh, this is a segment I I used to do on the show uh, called Last Week's Errors. We did this years ago um, where we used to just be real stat heavy and we used to, the the next show, uh, we would do the errors of last show. This probably was about five years ago or so. Derek and I used to do that. And so just because the show was so uh, so in depth and so much Good, uh, that that segment just kind of faded out, uh, but we bring it back every now and then, and I'm gonna bring it back now because uh, I've got some messages about that throughout the week, and so I'm going to uh, talk about one error from last week. Um, of course, I do trivia every week, and I'm gonna do trivia here in just a moment. Uh, one of the trivia questions was uh, who did the Undertaker compete against at WrestleMania 21? And uh, I accidentally put up Kane, and that was not the correct answer. The Kane was here before. So the correct answer was indeed Randy Orton. Randy Orton was the correct answer of <clears throat> who competed against the the, under, the Undertaker 
at WrestleMania 21. So that was the era from last week, and I'm going to make it more fan interactive. Um, Tweet at Crave Wrestling or tweet me uh, personally at Chris Prolific. If you uh, listen to the show um, and there was an error of of, uh, – I think that's the only time in six years that a trivia question has been – mistakenly uh inaccurate uh I, I had the card for randy orton but i put up i put up the wrong card so <clears throat> have the correct answer just put up the wrong card when i uh when i did the correct answer so if there's any error from uh, from the previous week whether it be um when someone won a world title if we were having a, some uh, evan and i were having some random discussion uh, if it was someone's debut, I said Survivor Series, and it was really SummerSlam, anything like that. Tweet yeah, let us know. Wrestling. If there's any, if there's any errors uh, that uh, you you tweet, I will uh, give you a shout out. I will give your hashtag a shout out, and uh, I will save the error and I will correct the error. So yes, let us know. That's how big. That's how big boys play. Because yeah, because <laughs> uh, you know me and uh, Featherstone are big boys. We all yeah. did, but even big boys make errors sometimes. So that's right. That's absolutely right. Like Sean well, Benjamin on the mic. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh man! Oh, poor Sheldon. I mean, we got so much to talk about the superstars shakeup, but oh, why would they do that to Sheldon Benjamin? Oh. I, I just think that's a bad call. I mean, uh, Sheldon Benjamin as. As amazing as Shelton Benjamin is in the ring, one of the best, one of the purest, most solid, just amazing in-ring workers in the entire WWE. I mean, just will run circles around anybody in the ring. Amazing athlete, but that's always been his Achilles heel. That's always been the Achilles heel of Shelton Benjamin. The dude cannot cut a promo to save his life, and he needs some time. I mean. That's the reason why I think him and, and Chad Gable was good because Dick Gable is actually good on the mic. So it actually was a good balance for Shelton Benjamin because it, they both are very good in the ring. Gable, Gable. was a, was smaller. Benjamin uh, is a is quite a big dude. And so it was a good balance. They both were athletic, collegiate athletes, blah, blah, blah. You know, uh, Benjamin being the, you know, having the team angle. A lot of people uh, compared uh, compared the World's Greatest Tag Team to team angle anyways, or even speculation and angle may may um, manage them. You know, there was that was talks for, for a hot second. So Benjamin teaming with Gable was a good way to, you know, have that type of uh, balance between the two because Gable's actually pretty good on the mic. But – Gable. Benjamin, Mighty by himself, I, I yeah, hmm. I, I, it wouldn't surprise me if he's another Heath Slater, Apollo Cruz, you know, just someone who's just there. Um, simple. I don't see Get honestly as manager. as good as he is in the ring. I don't see any light, bright future for Shelton Benjamin at all. Get a manager at the end of the day. That's all yes. he needs. What do you think? I mean, yeah. Brock is Brock over, is over, but he needs hands. Yep. Yep. So just Otherwise, get, he would say, Paul, say something stupid. 
<laughs> right. Well, uh, yeah, it, it, Brock needs not to talk ever. It's, no. Uh, I, I'll see. I'll see my thoughts for SmackDown when we when we do uh, do the reviews. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Benjamin. So much, yeah. Uh, first uh, trivia question on deck is: Who won the United States Championship at WrestleMania 20? Now, this week there's going to be a couple of WrestleMania questions, but I'm going back to old school. I'm doing random questions. I try to give everybody a um, uh, kind of a, a leg up, so to speak. Um, you know, but now. Going back to the hard, old-school trivia questions, they're going to come from anywhere and everywhere, so we'll see uh, how smart you are um, <clears throat> live streams. And for the first time, uh, for the first time ever like, on Pancakes and Power yeah. Slams, the co-host Tech, I actually have a trivia question for the fans tea later tonight. Nice. Nice. Uh, absolutely. It's going to be lots of fun, and you guys better – Guys and gals better get suited up and rooted and, and, and ready uh, because it's going to be a question that's going to be tough. Um, got a question, uh, a comment. I like Shelton for the first run. He had the gold standard feel so bad for him. <laughs> yeah, I like the gold standard run, too. At least there was some type of uh, character there, um, especially when he was in ECW. I think he had uh, the ability to become ECW champion. Yeah, but, but now. Say like yeah, yeah, it was like a butch, more athletic Butch Reed character, absolutely. Uh, good job, Travis. Giacida. <laughs> Every time, most of the time when we say his name on this show, it has to be the Justin Roberts. Giacida. Benjamin, Benji needs to just go back. Was Rick Flair called him Shelston because of his list? Shelston Benjamin. <laughs> Go back to that T bone. Yeah. That that jumping power that little flatliner mm-hmm. doesn't work. I like the T bone too. <clears throat> I like the T bone too. Um, got a question. What did you like and dislike about WrestleMania? Oh <laughs> wow. Uh. <laughs> uh the short version of that is uh listen and watch last week's show. <laughs> we we spoke <laughs> right. in depth about Yes. Both Evan and I were there live. Um Yeah. So the biggest I got the biggest thing I I'll, I'll say just one thing. The biggest thing I liked was very impressed with Ronda Rousey. Biggest thing I dislike was Nicholas. We'll talk about that. I don't Nicholas winning the tag team championships and and the beach balls. So the beach balls. Hey, I like the Russell beach balls. The, I like the Reigns versus Lesnar was a good match if you look at it. <clears throat> it's all over it. And I, I I'll say this again. I'll say it before and I'll say it again. Beach balls are absolute trash. Because you have the wrestlers in the ring who bust their butts to make sure to get a reaction, to get an ovation, to have to, to entertain the fans, and if fans crap on it by throwing a, throwing beach brawls and just disregard mess, uh, uh, matches to put themselves over, you have no business being in the arena. So I stick to that. And um, now, if you want to listen, if there's an if there's a dark match. If, if there's a dark match and there's a, there's a half an hour, 45 minute time frame in between 
you know, a dark match and, and Raw. Hey, you know what? Fill the arena with beach balls. Have have the greatest time in the world. Have beach ball mania every single week, non-televised. But when people are busting their butts and literally risking their lives, I mean, there's people who've died in the ring. There's people who've been paralyzed and still is paralyzed, you know, uh, in the ring for someone else, for the sake of pleasing fans. So people have been paralyzed and have died in a ring to please a fan, and they crap on a match by throwing a beach ball. And Roman Reigns got busted open the hard way. So, you know, listen, I don't like it. I, 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 as, as, many, as many wrestlers as I know now have kept in close contact with since, since this show, you know, I, I am a strong advocate for professional wrestlers now. Uh, you know, <clears throat> I've interviewed over a hundred wrestlers. I don't even, I don't even know, 110, 20, 30 wrestlers in the six years of this show. Kept in contact with a whole bunch of them to understand just how much they don't like that <laughs> and, and, and how much they feel that way. I'm speaking for a lot of wrestlers I've spoke, I've, I've talked yeah, to and kept like in it. close contact. They hate it. They don't like it. They, 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 they don't like it. Yeah, I, they they don't like it, and I can totally understand why. I mean, I you come out there, you bust your butt for the fans just for them to disregard you and crap in the match. Absolutely, absolutely unacceptable. So, but that was the, the uh, contrary. That was the on the ahead. contrary, WWE could have booked that match a little different. If, yeah, if but match... you can't blame you can't blame Reigns and and Lesnar oh, for no, WWE's no, no, no. crap booking. No, 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 no. I I, I don't. I I people look. I, I, I defend Brock, and I'm not the biggest Brock fan. I defend Brock and Reigns so much on my yeah. show. But mm-hmm. still, they make money. What they do in the ring, they sacrifice. You can't put it on them. It, it's just, I just feel the match itself, whoever booked it, invented the final say. Could it, could I don't think the more, match was bad, have, though. I think the yeah, match was it, a solid match. I think the crowd... Match. I think the, the crowd, crowd gave up on the match really before it even started. So that's that's what and, made and it then, so bad. And then also, too, and it's not their fault. I just think the fans were just emotionally exhausted. They, they, they just, you know, you, you see Brock, F5, 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 C-Flex, C-Flex, C-Flex. And then Reigns, you know, Reigns doesn't have the same match. Reigns always has a good match with everybody. Which love it. Yeah, he's solid. How yeah. many? What what bad yeah, matches does Reigns have? Reigns has, does well with everyone. Oh, Brock. As a matter of fact, Brock that's a good question. <laughs> that's a good question. I, I I'm going to reiterate that question for, uh, from you to the chat and to the people right. listening on Twitter. What when's the last bad match that Roman Reigns had? I, I I'll I'll sit here and wait for an answer. I I have a match that was. I think that his match against Randy Orton back at SummerSlam of uh, yeah, fourteen, yeah. that match was bad. Yeah, yeah <laughs> that it was, was. That was a bad match. That was bad. It was a very green Roman Reigns. I think that was SummerSlam of fourteen, as I'm because uh, Orton won, a uh, cast in the title SummerSlam of fifteen, I believe. So, um, that's the last match I can say that Roman Reigns had a bad match, and that was SummerSlam of fourteen, <laughs> almost four years ago. So if anybody else having a, a more current match that Roman Reigns had an actual bad match, let, let me know. 
we could easily mention bad Brock matches, but Reigns has had good matches. Right. I, I, I just like the, right. the randomness of the beach balls, to me, was hilarious. I know the fans crapped on Brock and, and, and Brock and Reigns, but this the random it's stuff like that that makes it makes Mania memorable. And I feel like with the beach balls, even though we know Russell personally, I know they hate it. It's funny because it 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 overshadows the Belgian brothers winning. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> Nicholas, yeah. you know what I mean. So it's like okay, we have Nicholas. We have the, the Belgian brothers, whatever you call them, the Hammer Brothers. From, uh, my, my girlfriend called them the Hammer Brothers from Mario, and then there's the Beach Balls. But yeah. hey, yeah, uh, you gotta give but, but, but that's the thing. That's not. That's not. I mean, it's memorable for some people in the moment. You know what I mean? Like, and that and that takes away just to me that takes away the 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 essence of wrestling. You go to a wrestling show and you say, hey, the most memorable thing of the wrestling show was when we threw beach balls. You're not at some type of beach ball, volleyball game. You're in a wrestling show. To say, hey, it wasn't a match. It was beach balls. You know, it's 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 ridiculous. And, again, I, I'm advocating the wrestlers, and, and, and the people don't like it. Yeah, I yeah. understand why. So, yeah. and, and, and another Next thing, too, you got to look at it. People, people slam on Reigns and Brock, and I thought about this looking back at it. Brock and Goldberg was a great match last year. And it you was. Gotta look at it was how it's set. Yeah. Brock is a monster. Yeah. It's like Godzilla against Rodan or King Kong. They're big monsters. Now Reigns a little different. Reigns I think the placement. I think the placement helped that last year, though. I think that, I think the play, is, it was a yeah, placement thing last year, and it was a yeah. short match too. Long Maybe. Brock matches nowadays just don't work out. In the, yeah, yeah, just, yeah, you're right. Yeah, it was just, yeah, it was a short match. It was placed right. It wasn't, it wasn't the main event. And yeah, I mean, Brock hasn't main evented since '31. Because '32, he went against Dean Ambrose. '33, you went against oh, uh, Goldberg. So it's oh. been three three years since he's main evented. Um, and <laughs> those matches have been. I mean, him and Ambrose was not good uh, because Ambrose publicly said that. Uh, Lesnar didn't want to work with him as far as creatively, so yeah, that's unfortunate. Um, here we go. Next next question on deck. Booker T and RVD retained the World Tag Team titles at a WrestleMania 20 against the Dudleys. Uh, Cade and Jentrak and blank. There's a fill-in-a-blank answer, ladies and gentlemen. Booker T retained the World Tag Team titles at WrestleMania 20 against the Dudleys, Cade and Jindrak, and blank. So you fill in the blank. Who is the blank team? All right, so let's get into the headlines. Let's um, let's let's uh, get through these headlines real quick uh, because we got a lot to talk about with this Raw and SmackDown superstar shakeup. Uh, the, the highs, the lows. Uh, in my uh, Evan and I's opinion. So uh, let's get in the headline. All right. So, <laughs> you know, <clears throat> this is unfortunate uh, for Nikki Bella and, and John Cena, but they, they broke up after six years. Um, last year, they had a really nice and sappy. Um, 
uh, moment on WrestleMania 33 with John. He proposed to Nikki, and Nikki said yes. It seemed such. It seemed like such a work. <laughs> it seemed like such a work. Yeah. Um, and so they had a wedding scheduled for the beginning of May. I think it was the first weekend of May in Mexico. And um, uh, apparently, report reportedly, a, a source told people that that uh, John Cena had cold feet, and uh, you know they 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 broke up, so they're no longer together. Um, Travis is on it tonight. La resistance, la resistance. Next trivia question before we get into Cena and Bella, Cena Bella. Uh, what former WWE star was known as the Ugandan Giants? What former WWE star was known as the Ugandan Giants? Uh, I was a big fan of this guy's uh, entrance music as well. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, so Cena and Bella, uh, you know, it, it was one of those things. I, I followed the first season of Total Divas, and um, my wife, uh, started following more more seasons more seasons of Total Divas, and when I was, uh, you know, when, when I wasn't working in my office and I was just uh, sitting down watching, <laughs> getting something to eat with her in the living room. Uh, good job, Jamie. All right, looks like there's some type of competition going on here in the the chat as far as trivia. Looks like Jamie has a point. Kamala, Kamala. Kamala. Um, looks like Travis has a couple points. Jamie has a point. Y'all, y'all keep track of points in the, in the in the chat room. Uh, here's the next question: Who won the 2006 King of the Ring? Who won the 2006 <laughs> King oh, of the Ring? Uh. <laughs> um, you know, I I like the the 2006 King of the Ring winner. Just I mean, the the King of the Rings tore the end. Um, yeah, yeah, like the great, yeah, it, the great it, one from '99. '99 <laughs> was that Billy Gunn '99? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The only good thing uh, about me was what '90. Well, okay, okay. Let me. Uh, good job, Travis. Booker T was the correct answer. Uh, Granny says, "I uh, know it was a total work. Looked like it to me. Yeah, it was. It was. It was a work. Yeah, we know. All right, so let me let me let me go through the years. So '93. And this is off the top of my head, so get ready. Last week's errors, <laughs> the, the the error patrol. Um, okay, so ninety three was Brett. Mm-hmm. Um, ninety four was, was Owen. Owen. Here, yep. Ninety five was uh, Mabel. Was it Mabel? Mabel. Yep, Mabel. Uh, Mabel. Ninety six was Austin. Ninety-seven was Triple H. Yeah. Ninety-eight was Shamrock. Yeah. Ninety-nine was Billy Gunn. Yeah. Two thousand was uh, Angle. Was that Edge? Was that Edge? Two thousand Edge or, t- or two thousand one Edge? Two thousand one was Angle. Two thousand one was Edge. Yes. Um. Two thousand two. Brock. Brock. Was Brock? Yep. And so. They didn't have a tournament for like a couple years after that, right? Cause like, uh, right. Um, and then 06 was Booker T. 
And then Regal won in 07, didn't he? Uh, yeah, I'm thinking of the 07. That was a horrible one. Yeah. 06, King Buck. And then Seamus won oh, like gosh. 10 or 12, 11. That's even worse. Yeah, 11. I think yeah. it was. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so let's see. Let's see the results here. Uh, <clears throat> Regal, yes, Jamie Sandra. Yeah, I think Regal won in. Oh, I think Regal won in 07. Because they try to make it, they, they try to give Regal a really big push, and then he had a, uh, um, he had a, a policy violation, so they had to take that push away. <clears throat> they try to give him one more push because he, <clears throat> he ended up getting in shape and everything. Uh, okay, here we go. So, okay, so we're counting the pay per views. So from '93 on, uh, Barrett, uh, Barrett was 15. Yeah, good job. Okay, so uh, this is all the pay-per-views. Well, I'll say all of them now. 85, Morocco. 86, Harley Race. Um, 87 was Randy Savage. 88 was Ted DiBiase. Uh, 89 was Tito. 91 and 93 was Brett. And so we were we were right about the other ones, um, the pay-per-view ones. Owen, Mabel, Austin, Triple H. Shamrock, Billy Gunn, Angle, Edge, Lesnar. And then 06 was Booker T. 08 was Regal. In 2010, like I said, yep, 2010 was Sheamus. And then uh, 15 was uh, Byron. Byron was Byron. And uh, there is uh, the Barrett one. That wasn't because he ended up being King Barrett. Uh, League of Nations and all that. But yeah, the first, the last few ones just wasn't very good. It was big. Uh, yeah. And but but the good news is it's coming back. It's going to be a, um, a tournament on the uh, feature on the WWE Network. So I'm a big fan of it. I used to love the King of the Ring pay per views, and um, we'll see. Hopefully, it just it actually helps propel someone's career. Unlike the the last few of them, uh, was just kind of like meh. So um, we'll see. All right, next question on deck before we get to uh, more Cena and then Rusev. Uh, who were the members of the uh, Disciples of Apocalypse? How about that one? Who were the members of the Disciples of Apocalypse? The DOA. The DOA. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, you know, like I said, it was it, Cena and Bella was the work. And, um, it, it, yeah, I was, I was talking about uh, watching Total Bellas or Total Divas with my wife uh, from season season one on. Um, I just not, didn't really get into it that much after the, after the first season. It wasn't a bad show, but it was just already uh, watching cover so much wrestling, period. And then, you know, yeah, I just – I really – lost my interest but um the 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 saga between nikki bella and and john cena was always one of the features of uh total divas so you know and 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 it was it was quite clear and quite obvious that cena you know he only he was only married with his first wife uh this high school sweetheart they married in like three years like three years later i think Cena filed for divorce, got cold feet in that marriage too. He blamed, you know, his his wrestling career uh, for the demise of his marriage. Um, there was, 
you know, his wrestling career can mean many of things. It can mean that he spent he was putting his wrestling career before his family. It can mean that he was putting wrestling relationships before his family because there's been a lot of talks of Cena messing with some people back in the day, about 10 years back. Uh, so, I mean, there's there's a few variables of why Cena could have, um, you know, the, the pulled out of the marriage. But um, because of that fear that Cena had, you know, Mr. Never Give Up Cena, uh, he was talking about Nikki Bella, and um, uh, got a question real quick. Uh, any word? Any word if they would bring Queen of the Ring? I've I've heard about that. I've heard some discussions about that. Um, but as far as I know, as far as I've heard, there's hasn't been anything solid about that. I mean, they have the May Young Classic. <laughs> I don't understand why they would have a. Uh, a May Young Classic that's an all-woman's tournament and then a Queen of the Ring, which is another all-woman's tournament. I understand that May Young Classic is more more for upstarts, but to me, two women's tournaments are just overkill. And I've said this before uh, um, through through Twitter. I was having a very good conversation about Twitter. Um, someone asked me, uh, what what I think about that? Uh, just as far as if they were to bring, if, if what are my thoughts if they would bring a queen in the ring back? And here's my thoughts. I it, it gets to me it gets to the point where if you do all of these female based events, to me it kind of it kind of defeats the purpose because. If you clunk all these female events, the female Royal Rumble, the female Elimination Chamber, if you do all that, it just become it just has that that feel of a desperate PR move. So it just right. it just becomes it it just loses its magic. You know what I mean? You know I remember when Charlotte and and, and Sasha Banks had you know their match and uh, the Hell in a Cell, and that was amazing. Um, but you start doing all these first ever, first ever WrestleMania Women's Battle Royal. Although they had Miss WrestleMania, WrestleMania 25, but I guess you know there's a timeline of you're just supposed to forget WWE matches. But it's just first ever, first ever over the past year or so. If you keep doing these first evers, it just really loses the magic of uh, just women's wrestling evolving and becoming such a prominent part of WWE. So, you know, just I, w- I would steer clear from that, just clunking all these first evers. So, um, which, you know, there's, there, there is talk that uh, Charlotte versus uh, Ronda Rousey is going to be the main event at WrestleMania 35. Um, I think if there's any two people, I think that that would be, you know, that would make the most sense of being the main event. So, but I mean, I'm not, I'm not necessarily thrilled about that being the main event. Uh, Rousey's going to have to do. I, Rousey was amazing at WrestleMania, but in order to have a main event style match with a good story behind it for people to really sink their teeth in, um, it's going to take a lot of training, wrestling training from Ronda Rousey. Yeah. Uh, although she's picking up, she's picking it up very quick. She's picking so up well. Kudos to her. Yeah, she's she's picking up very quick. Uh, I don't see any answers yet. What, what's up, uh, Trivia Kings? Who were the members of the Disciples of Apocalypse? That is the 
trivia question on deck right now. So, Evan, uh, this crazy, weird Rusev story. So he was announced last week to be a to go against Taker in a casket match at the Greatest Royal Rumble, which is a pretty solid card so far. Um, so there was a Bear Me Softly tweet. There was a TMZ interview with him and Lana. Yeah. And all of a sudden, WWE says, oh, okay, well, now it's going to be Chris Jericho. Now, Chris Jericho was originally supposed to be in the, the Battle Royals, so it's not, you know, he didn't call Chris Jericho to appear. Uh, right. He just switched role. So Jericho was supposed to be out. Uh, so Jericho went out of the Royal Rumble into the casket match with Taker. Jericho played it a bit. And so yesterday they announced that, Rusev is back in the casket match. So, very odd. I definitely don't think this this was something that the WWE originally planned as far as just the the announcement is concerned. Uh, it to me and, and and Taz shared this on his podcast. He said he 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 feels that the uh, good job Skull A-Ball Chains and Crush is the correct answer. Um Skull and A-Ball the Harris brothers, of course, Chains was okay. Brian Lee. Or primetime Brian Lee and of uh, and the the original Machka, <laughs> the original Machka crush. Um, so yeah, I mean this this wasn't planned. I mean it's quite obvious that this wasn't planned for them to say, okay, we'll take Rusev out of the match, put Jericho in the match, and then put Rusev back into the match and Jericho out. It seems as if and and, and I think Taz makes a good point here. I think that Rusev probably ruffled some feathers in the WWE uh, creative department. And maybe he, you know, they were like, ah, you're going to have to, this opportunity. And I think it's a fantastic opportunity to compete against the Undertaker. uh, Undertaker's last casket match. Uh, Well, there you go. Impromptu question. When was the Undertaker's last, what year was the Undertaker's last casket match? I was about to say the answer. But it's an impromptu question right now for for all the people uh, via chat. Um, yeah, there's there's the impromptu question. What was the Undertaker's last? What year was the Undertaker's last casket match? You get an extra, you know. And if you do, if you do the year, the person, and the uh, pay per view, you get you get an applause and you get a special shout out. And I will also uh, plug your Twitter handle. So if you get the year, the person, and the um, the pay-per-view all correct, you get a round of applause and a Twitter handle promotion. So big big stakes, ladies and gentlemen, big big stakes uh, of of that trivia question. So I, I think Rusev, of course, you know we know that Rusev wasn't going to win. I think that was very clear. Uh, but it's similar to the streak. I mean, you have all the. I mean, people. It 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 helps a lot of people's careers. You know, as far as the streak is concerned, even though they lost. Um, and I think I'm tired of seeing Jericho lose. <laughs> and Jericho's real big on if I if I come back, it has to be a story type thing. Um, you know, which is the reason why he did the whole Kenny Omega thing. And and well, and speaking of that, by the way, he said that uh, his relationship with New Japan is pretty much non-existent anymore. Um, 
he teased the thing with Naito and New Year's Dash, I think it was. And yeah. We'll, we'll see. Um probably wrong, but the last one I remember was WrestleMania twenty two against Mark Henry. That was two thousand and six. Um wasn't the last one. Good good try. Good 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 try. That was uh that's incorrect unfortunately, but very, very good attempt. Uh, he actually won against Mark Henry uh, in another casket match at, uh, on Raw um, after that, uh, a couple of years after that. But that's not the correct answer either. So uh, what's the correct answer? The year, the person, and the pay-per-view. So, um, so yeah, yeah, I mean, this, it, it's, it's a weird type of thing that they, they did there. Uh, and, I, and I think the Rusev just need to be very careful about not letting the whole Rusev Day popularity uh, get to his head, and and you, at the at the end of the day, you're still being watched by WWE like a hawk. Ask Dolph Ziggler. Exactly. <clears throat> exactly. Is is that same thing I was gonna say? Rusev Day is over. Don't let it go to your head. WWE will change up stuff in a bit. The match was on, then it's Jericho, and now it's not Jericho, and now it's back to Rusev. That's why Ziggler's in purgatory. Well, he just, he's too vocal, and, and something, I've had Ken Shamrock on my show a few times, and other people have said the one good thing, and I think Big Show's even said it, the one good and kind of bad thing is, with WWE, if you're too vocal, that can hit, that can hurt you. If, you, if you're not at a certain level, if you're not like a Cena or Orton or a Triple H or Austin or someone that's like an A-lister that you're untouchable, <laughs> you speak your mind all you want, they're going to chop you down very quickly. So That's right. Like I said, reset, <laughs> take right. opportunity, yeah. uh, you know, go against Taker. You know you're going to lose. But, hey, take the rub and there you go. And yeah, and move on. Uh-oh, we got a correct answer, ladies and gentlemen. So, big round of applause for Brandon. Round of applause for Brandon. Big Show, Survivor Series 2008. So, I'm going to trust that you didn't Google that and look it up before you answered. So, Brandon, go ahead and give us your uh, Twitter handle, and uh, you'll get some pub here on the show. Uh, All right, so uh, next trivia question. Who were the members of the new Midnight Express? Woo! How about that? (laughs) Who were the members of the new Midnight Express? I told you, they're coming from everywhere. They're coming from everywhere tonight. The new Midnight Express. How about that? Uh, So, yeah, the next... uh, So, Dixie Carter. Dixie Carter uh, commented on Bobby Lashley's return to WWE Raw. Yes, Travis. Great job. Bob Holly and Bart Gunn. Uh <laughs> someone is saying Ricky Morton and Bob Eaton. Bob Eaton and Stan Lane. Nope. Uh Travis had it correct. Bob Holly and Bart Gunn. Uh was it was it bombastic Bob and Bodacious Bart? Bodacious Bart, yep. <laughs> oh what a terrible, terrible test. <laughs> and I like how I like Holly Edward Gun. I was just talking about Bob Holly uh, what, at what, WrestleMania weekend at the show. What, what's the guy? Uh, what's that? 
the one that's getting out the trivia what's question. The, what's his name again? Uh, the one who got the big show right was uh, Brandon. They got one for Brandon. Give me the name of the original Midnight Express. Midnight uh, Travis Express. is the one. Travis, Travis yeah. got the new Midnight Express right. So Travis, the original. Evan's adding to the the question. Let, let us know the original was, Midnight, the Midnight original. Express yeah. before Eaton. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, yeah. They're the original, the original Midnight Express. So that's uh, that's a good one from the from the vault. Uh, so what are your thoughts on Dixie Carter? I mean, you know, uh, it it she was a part of uh, the Angle documentary. WWE interviewed her for that. So I'm trying. I'm wondering. Um, Travis says uh, Eaton and Dennis Condry. Nope. Eaton wasn't who, who a part of it. Uh, Bobby Eaton who? and Dennis Condry. No, that that that, uh, that is the Midnight Express, but it's not the original. Was it Randy Rose and Condry? Yep, it was Randy Rose and Condry. Yep, 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 yep. Those two first. I know my stuff, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> uh, I know my stuff. You know why I know my stuff? Because I do it for you. Oh, do there it, it is. You. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, James said. James said that was my pick. Oh yeah, sure is your sure, James. Sure right, is right. your pick. Thank you, James. Thank you, James. <laughs> after the fact, that's my pick. That's like Jay Lethal said. That's my line. Here's one. Since uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> since James came in a little late, what was the original name of Ahmed Johnson's Pearl River Plunge? Mmm. That's what, what was the original Texas. name of Ahmed Johnson's Pearl River Plunge? Great question. What was the original name of Ahmed Johnson's Pearl River Plunge? Ah, poor Ahmed Johnson, man. Uh, I keep in touch with him. Yeah. And uh, I've heard some good things and some bad things about uh, oh, Ahmed. I've heard he's gotten better. Toward the, yeah, he is. You know, recently, but uh, he was a bit hard-headed back then. Unfortunately, um, had the had the had the funniest promos. His promos were just terribly funny. I mean, they were funny and terrible, and they were just oh, it was, it was horrible. Uh, someone said, uh, "Yeah, he's gained weight. He's gained weight." Yeah. Well, I, I, um, I'll, I'll, I'll answer this real quick. He gained all that weight because the doctor, and I do keep in touch with him. He's been on my show a few times. The doctor messed up. He had back surgery, and the operation went bad. They had to see the hospital. So that's one of the reasons why he gained all that weight and mm-hmm. ended up losing it. Famous Ahmed Johnson, he actually called Gold Dust Sweet Lips. He did. Which, he called yeah, Gold, which, Gold uh, Sweet Lips, yeah. And he also, I don't know if it was in your house or... On Monday Night Raw, Ahmed Johnson told Farouk and The Rock, yeah, yeah, I'll have both of y'all same time tonight. Now, I don't know if he actually said the F word or not, but the way he said it was hilarious. And I believe Vince was in the ring. It just had to be a Raw 
Oh, it had to be Monday Night Raw, I believe. It is hilarious. It's all man. What are you talking? Mm-hmm. He made Warriors promos look like the stuff <laughs> of legend with the flares and dusties. Uh, oh man. What 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 got me the uh, the, the most memorable <laughs> man Johnson promo? It was so bad. Uh, he was talking about he was, he was talking to Steve Austin, and he said uh, he said. Uh, Oh man, I can't. I used to remember verbatim, but he said, uh, "Stone Cold Steve Austin." Monday night, he says that, uh, "What you did to me, Monday Night Raw, was you stepped into the zone, my zone. You see, <laughs> my zone has got a lot to him though. Once you're in there." You score, and and now, what? So Steve Austin, I'm gonna score on you. So Monday oh, night, what are you, what are you saying? Come on, come in, get you. <laughs> it was so bad. Oh. <laughs> you have to look at the it, it's you YouTube it. I, I, I met Johnson, uh, my zone. <laughs> And I was like, oh, my goodness. This was one of the worst but, promos I've ever seen in my life. James, uh, if you can, <laughs> James, all of them, so YouTube, Ahmed Johnson, and, and Farouk back and forth on Action Zone. Oh, yes. I've seen that. <laughs> I, I, I had that game. You know, I had that game, and I remember that. <laughs> It was so bad. Uh, <laughs> oh man. Oh. Uh, good yeah. old Ahmed. Oh. Yeah, good old Ahmed. <laughs> Him and his terrible promos. Uh, <laughs> next trivia question on deck, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> oh, Calvin, look at you. Uh, what was Loki's name in WWE? Oh what, gosh! What was Loki? <laughs> what was Loki's name with WWE? It was going from bad oh, to worse. Oh man! So yeah, yeah. It, the, I don't. Yeah, he he just wasn't good in the promo department. Um, someone who was good on the promo department was Steve Austin. About uh, by, by the way, there was a there was a trivia question from like a few weeks ago that was never answered, and someone answered it last week, and I still didn't say anything about it. Uh, I think it was Victoria and Jazz was the the answer, whatever it was. I think it was Victoria and Jazz. But um, so Steve Austin, we talked about Nicholas, and and, and I, I agree. I mean, uh, Austin was not a fan. Um, I'm trying to get uh, the the actual uh, the actual quotes that I transcribed, um, which was, I mean. To me, he made a, he made a ton of sense. Uh, he said, <clears throat> Braun Strowman is over like Rover. And this is from the Steve Austin show. He said, Braun Strowman is over like Rover. Uh, a lot of potential, a lot of momentum. Um, a lot of great storylines from him. But the fact that he goes out there in the crowd and picks some kid is almost a disservice. Like It's almost like a disservice to Cesaro and Sheamus, who have been working their butts off. He said the A word. We're looking at their butts off. Two physical specimens uh, have really gotten some chemistry together as a team. 
not to be taken lightly. Braun's a big guy, but you know Cesaro's one of the strongest guys in the locker room. Sheamus is a brute. They can't monetize this person who was picked from the crowd, and I know I wasn't, and I don't know, I wasn't really down with it, and that's with respect to a darn good tag team like the Bar. And then Strowman picks someone. Um, man, you're you're walking a fine line with him because you have the, this brute force killer who's legitimately one of the biggest, strongest men in the world. It didn't do much for me. That pretty much says it. Uh, pretty much sums it up, you know, to to me. Uh, and I think uh, it, it's it's one of those things that if it was because we because we were talking, there's there a bunch of people in the live crowd was talking about who could it could be, and people thought that was you know like a make a wish kid. You know, and to me, if even even if it was a uh, good job, Nate. Uh, okay, so at Brandon Nick two hundred one, um, Brandon N I C two hundred one. That's Brandon's hashtag. He gets the hashtag for uh, getting that three part question right. Nate, good job, Caval, <clears throat> Caval. He wins a uh, he wins uh, the dad going tough enough, or was it what was it NXT or tough enough? NXT, it was the NXT tournament. NXT, he, he he wins the NXT tournament. He gets Cavall. to choose any championship, and he picks the Intercontinental Championship and loses. That was, yeah, they didn't have anything. But, so so <laughs> it, nobody he was, was able, DOA, basically. So nobody was able to answer my trivia question, the original name for the, for the, for the Pervert Plunge? Nope, nobody uh, said that. So Can we get an answer? What, what is it? Yep. It was originally called. It was originally called the Tiger Bomb. The Tiger Bomb. Yep. Oh, ah, it's the, the Tiger, Tiger Bomb. Better believe it. Then two weeks later, ah, oh, there you go. It's the power of the plunge. Yeah, you gotta do the best. <laughs> Tiger Bomb came from the uh, Tiger Suplex, the Tiger Driver. Yeah, anything um, with a butterfly, the good Tiger. Old Tiger yeah. What happened to the side Salto Suplex? Remember that? No one calls it that anymore. I do. The side salto suplex. The side salto suplex and all the variations of the kick said by Tony Schiavone. <laughs> the, the, the mafia kick. The savat kick. All those variations of the super kick. <laughs> good guy, 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 mafia kick. Wait, yeah, I got it. Got the, the greatest Gorilla Monsoon. It was it was it the rump, rump, was it the Rumble '92? Shawn Michaels mm-hmm. clearly missed Davy Boyhead. Oh, that crescent kick! Oh, what a Cr- kick! The cr- he yeah. called it a crescent kick. Oh, right, I love Gorilla Monsoon. Yeah, <laughs> shout out to Gorilla Monsoon. <laughs> um. Yeah. All right. So, uh, all right. So these. Let's just do the 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 superstar shakeups. Um. So there's been a bunch that's been announced on um on raw on social media. Um, Which means you're not. So you're not. What are your thoughts for? Yeah. What are your thoughts on the Raw and SmackDown uh, superstar shakeups? Well, one, you, you know, you, you pretty much know where your career is in WWE. If we, the only way we know you got traded or drafted, whatever you want to call it now, is through social media. If you, yeah, if yeah. you weren't, if, if you didn't get any air time to make your appearance, then you're pretty much bottom of the barrel. I, yep. I just found out tonight that Zack Ryder got sent to, sent to Raw. 
mojo. I had no idea. So the mojo. Yep. But um, it, it makes yep. it a, a um a point. One of my staff members mentioned on my show earlier is SmackDown basically took the dead weight of of, and I thought this too. The dead weight of SmackDown went over to Raw to try to get them over. Your boy Ginger Mahal, Ginger Juice, on Raw. Dolph Ziggler on Raw. Drew yeah. McIntyre, who we was on the same plane together coming back home from Mania. Nice dude on Raw, which he is in dead weight. Um, Bobby Roode on Raw, which people care. It's funny how that tag match was two and eight world champions, but um, it, it was over yeah. the Derrick Squad. I could care less. Um, I signed down go and Breeze Breeze Dangle, whatever you call them. I ran into Tyler Breeze at Bourbon Street too at the meeting. Nice dude. He um, I thought it was okay with Raw. I think Raw has enough star power to where it really doesn't matter who goes over because he still got Rams. They still got Strowman. They still got Burn It Down Rollins, which I still don't understand what that means. They have, you know, they still have Lashley. So I think the Raw, you know, the, the actual Raw editions are actually pretty well. SmackDown saw it coming. Oscar, okay. Uh, Joe showing up on SmackDown really suits him because – Joe, actually, I give it to him. Great promo on Raw. Uh, Joe's really oh, yeah. doing well on the mic. Uh, and mm-hmm. I just think SmackDown better sees Joe. We get to see Joe against AJ Styles for the 372nd time, which there will be a third right. of the universe for the first time ever. Joe against Styles. Yeah, um, right. first time ever. Yeah. <laughs> if it's not right. on WWE uh, television, it's the first time ever. <laughs> uh, uh, Sanity showing up to SmackDown. I'm excited to see that. So overall, as of right now, the man showing up on SmackDown, uh, that's a big given. So overall, I thought so far the echo shake up, really enjoy it. My problem is we don't know like what made them. You have GMs, but no one knows how the shake up came about. Why did they end up going? They just downloaded on the show. Up oh, they're on Raw. Up oh, they're on SmackDown. But why? Mm-hmm. You, you know, that, that, that's the only thing yeah. I missed is the actual, you know, that you have GMs with, with Angle and Page, the actual reasoning of, okay, let's have this guy, I want that guy. But so far as well, this need to put uh, Axel and uh, Bo Dallas on the prayer list because now that Miz is on SmackDown, yeah. what are they going to do? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, and Jeff, so, Jeff Hardy on question. SmackDown. Oh, yeah. I love how SmackDown did Back to the Future, how we just went back in time to 2005 before we have Randy Orton standing on the ramp, Jeff Hardy walking down the ramp next to him, and Shelton Benjamin in the ring. So all we need to do is get Taz and Michael Cole to commentate. Right. (laughs) Exactly. Right. Have Keona uh, be the referee, Mike Keona. Uh, And there you go. (laughs) Right. Um, uh, (laughs) Um. Keona, yeah, Keona, man, you know he's uh, yeah, he's uh, ate a few, he's he's had a few burgers on the, on the weekend. Oh right, yeah, uh, deep voice. <laughs> he has yeah. a deep voice. Have you heard him talk? He does. He's very yeah, deep and raspy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, me Nikki um, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I think both shows were good. Uh, and and this is what I tweeted, and and it's still a concern for me, especially on Raw. Raw was very, very just heavy. Um, very, very heavy on on talent, uh, yeah. and I, I'm not, I, I'm not confident 
that WWE will accurately book uh, the talent that they stacked up with. I mean, look, you know, granted, the, the last two Raws have been pretty good. And I think that, uh, you know, I wrote an article, um, I wrote a story about just the importance of uh, Raw and SmackDown and how to the WWE, that's even more important than, um, uh, than the WrestleMania, just from a residual standpoint. They want the... Uh, the the high money television deals, you know, you 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 bring in the gate, you know, with WrestleMania, but at the same time, television deals is where it's at, and so the emphasis is on Raw and SmackDown, especially the Raw after Mania, and so I think the, the Raw after Mania is just an entity of its own. The Superstar Shakeup is, you know, uh, the, the week after, and I like this. I like the Raw after Mania, and I like the Superstar Shakeup being the week after um, Raw and Raw after Mania, SmackDown after Mania, because it really, because people think of uh, WrestleMania being the end of the wrestling year anyways. And then anything after that, you know, the Raw after Mania being the reset button. So Raw after Mania has really grown its own identity. So having to shake up there wouldn't make sense. However, uh, having uh, the... <clears throat> the superstar checkup a week after really kind of hits that reset button. And I, and I like, I like that. So if they do that every year, I'd definitely be a fan of that. Uh, as far as just the, the, the moves is concerned. Um, I like, uh, so what I was saying, as far as just the, the overload of the, the, the stack overload. Okay. So, and, and I had a, there was a couple of things that I really had a problem with. I'm a big fan of Bobby Lashley. I liked him in TNA. I mean, I, I've liked Bobby yeah, Lashley for. I didn't like him when he was a heel because he was a good heel, and I wanted him to lose. So he did his he did his job very well. Um, but I, I've just been a fan of Lashley's work for. I mean, ever since you know oh four oh five WWE, I really wish that they 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 make him the 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 uh, I guess you could say the first black WWE champion. Um, you know, people count the rock, you know, he's, he's mixed, but uh, you know, the first champion, no, uh, no. The, yeah, Doesn't you can count him if you want, <laughs> you know, no, we don't. but, uh, but at the same time, uh, you know, I think I really hope that they, they give it to Lashley. I don't know. I mean, he's like, he's 41 now. So, or, or about to be 41, either he either is 41 or about to be 41 this year. So I don't know. Uh, actually, he might be even 42. He might have even been born in 76. Um, but, you know, that's a little older uh, on, on the WWE age range as far as winning your first WWE championship nowadays. Uh, it's usually much younger. So, His first name is Franklin. Uh, yeah, he'll be 42. He's 41 now. He'll be 42 in July. So, well. Mm. I don't know. His first name I, I is know. Franklin. Yeah. Franklin. Franklin. Yes, that's right. Franklin, Franklin Robert Lassen, I think it is, right? Yeah, um, it is. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, Brandon saying Brock Lesnar versus Bob Le- Brock, Brock, Brock Lesnar versus Bobby Lassen in SummerSlam. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's what it's going to be. And I think that Lesnar wouldn't have an issue putting Lashley over. Um. I think SummerSlam. I think that's it. I think that's what they're going to do. Lastly, sign uh, uh, 
Lesnar signed a short-term contract. Um, so most likely he's going to lose to Roman Reigns at uh, the Greatest Royal Rumble. And so he'll be there for a few months after that. And I think probably his last match, most likely, it seeming seemingly, I mean, unless he puts himself, he hasn't even put himself in the USADA um, uh, pool yet, uh, the testing pool. And you have to be, I mean, you're eligible six months after you put yourself in the pool. So I don't know what he's waiting for because, <laughs> you know, ideally uh, a December comeback would be where, you know, as far as, as far as UFC is concerned, but I don't know why he hasn't put himself in the pool yet, but I think uh, just as far as the send off for, uh, for Lesnar, I think Lashley at SummerSlam is probably where it's going to be. Um, you know, there's always the opportunity for Lesnar to resign again, but at this point, I think it's gotten to the point where it's about it's about WrestleMania 20 reaction now with with uh, Le, uh with Lesnar. People just don't care about him being there anymore. You know, they they know about the UFC potential, and they're like, yeah, you know, you've been here for six years now. Uh, you've done what you've done, and I think uh, at this point, there's not much left you know, for you to do. It was a good six-year run, and thanks, you know. Um, definitely Hall of Fame worthy. You know, retire. Retire from WWE, you know. There's nothing really There's nothing really left for him to do, you know, as far as just, you know, maybe put somebody else over, perhaps. Uh, maybe, maybe have that clean loss against Braun Strowman. I mean, I guess you can do that. But other than that, you know, there's not, there's not much left. Um, but yeah, as far as the shake was concerned, um, I, it it seems as if Natalia is going to turn on Ronda Rousey. I, I, don't, I don't really care for Natalia Ronda Rousey feud right now, but I guess Natalia is a veteran, so I guess if anybody uh, could work with Rousey as far as training, because they you know they did the whole we train together thing too. So they probably really do train together, and if they want to feud against each other, um, I suppose Natalia is a person, a good person to to put a to put Ronda Rousey over. So you know, I'm not too opposed. I'm not too opposed with it, but I mean, Rousey has such that big name feel that it's it's pretty tough to find people kind of on her marquee popularity level that would make sense with her feuding. So, especially since Oscar went over to SmackDown Live, which I think is a good call. Um, Ember Moon, big fan of Ember Moon. I've liked her work ever since uh, NXT, uh, even before that when she, is, she was Athena. I like the, I like the McIntyre thing. Uh, I, th- I think, um, and, I'm, and I'm happy for him too, man. I've had him on my show before. Uh, very nice guy, and, and he was talking about how um, you know, he, he told me some things and, uh, he was talking about how he, he was really loyal to TNA at the time. Uh, and just, you know, at that time there were some contractual things. He was actually on, on his way. There's some talks with NXT when he was on my show. Um, but he was talking about how just, he, he wanted to, he, he wanted to maintain a relationship with TNA, but just, uh, there was just. And the management at that time just was kind of falling apart. So, 
We'll see. Uh, I I don't think Ronda Rousey has seen the last of Stephanie McMahon. I agree. I think I think he'll do Rousey versus Stephanie at SummerSlam one on one. And I think that Natalia will probably be the filler feud for the next couple months, and then the start of the summer. Uh, I say late spring, early summer is when they'll start Stephanie. Stephanie probably be off. Um, I mean, she she did an email yesterday. Uh, or Monday night on Raw, so it'll probably be that type of role as far as appearing back on screen. I think probably late spring, early summer to set up her versus Rousey at SummerSlam to put her over again. So it should be pretty fun. So if I so if we see Rousey versus Stephanie and Lesnar versus Bobby Lashley in SummerSlam, I think <laughs> I think that has an opportunity. I think it could be better than Mania. So we shall see. Um, I just hope no 3MB, please don't do it to Drew. I agree. I agree. He looks yeah. he looks like a million bucks, too, man. I mean, just think about how he was there 10 years ago, how he was, you know, tall and slinky. And, uh, man, he looks he looks like a million bucks. He, he's got mass now. You know, he's got some girth. He's not slinky anymore. I mean, he's been like that for a while. When he was in TNA, he got some body mass as well. But, you know, it seems like he's real defined now. Same thing with Cass. Kudos to big Cass, man. He got himself in really good shape. Um, and I like I'm kind of merging Raw and SmackDown now, but I, I, like, I like the shift. I like – it was kind of like big Cass. He didn't really look the part – it was the he still had the baby face and he was a big guy. He wasn't defined to some work in the gym. Now since he's been gone, he's really worked on himself. Looks really good, and he has more of a heelish persona because of his look now. Because he's slimmed down and, and toned up, and so I think I, I really like the pairing of him and Daniel Bryan. I think it's I think that's great. I think I think that's a really good idea. Pairing him versus Daniel Bryan, the ultimate David versus Goliath feud, and it helps Cass because it's you know he's in the big uh, big feud with Daniel Bryan who just came back, and of course it helps Daniel Bryan because it get, it puts him in a uh, it, it really continues to uh, kind of hone in and just kind of really add even more layers to that. You know, he that David and Goliath. He's always that ultimate underdog. That's why people love Daniel Bryan. I think feeding with Big Cass is, is a great call, man. I, I was a big fan of that. Um I like Hardy and Wyatt. Uh, I like I like that. Wyatt as a face was long overdue. Owens and Zane on Raw. Yeah, you know, I I I I guess I'm a minority, but I'm I'm starting to get I I'm 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 just both of them were just uh, growing way stale to me. I like I like Zayn as a heel, but now it's still kind of. It's, Kevin Owens is yelling for no reason. Yeah, it's just it's just stale, just stale to me, unfortunately. I like I gotta I you know, Miz and Daniel Bryan summer some too. So add that on there too. Yeah, it's gonna be a pretty good card if it's gonna be those three matches. Yeah. Um. And, hey, Daniel Bryan. I, you know, I got a soft spot for Mizango. So them beating the bar, I was I was okay yeah. with it. Honestly. Yeah, I was okay with it. Um, 
Authors of Pain, uh, great team. I'm a, I'm a fan of them, but uh, just with no manager, uh, is it, I think there's is it there's, me? When they come out, I think about the T. What, what was the T? The two creatures from Ninja Turtles, T. Secret of the Ooze. Uh, was it the Super Shredders? No, no, it wasn't Super Shredder. He was. It was uh, the two creatures from the Secret of the Ooze, the one that they grew. That every time I see Authors of Pain, I think about them too. Yeah. <laughs> it's just. Yeah. They need a they, mouthpiece, I mean, though. I mean, they, yeah, they need. I mean, because, like, every time you see them in the ring, they're like. Razor. Like, aren't they essentially wearing the same outfits the Shield wore? Like, the same kind of, like, Call of Duty vests? SOCOM Navy yeah. SEALs? <laughs> yeah. I like Authors of Pain. I like I like the I like the gear. I like the music. I like I, they've grown so much in the ring because um, you know they, they don't have a wrestling background. I mean, one of I think Razor has a uh, MMA background. Uh, Acom has an Olympic background, but um, I mean wrestling they don't have much experience, and they've grown leaps and bounds. I mean, I, I follow them since the, the day one. I, I mean, I didn't know who the heck they were. I was leery. You know, Paul Ellering managing someone other than a Legion of Doom, you know, to me, it's just like, eh. I mean, they tried it, they tried an Attitude Era um, when they, uh, when he was managing the DOA, which I, I think that was a good call, but uh, yeah, I, you know, but I think it fit. I mean, I, it, it started to work. It started to gel quite well. He, he To me, he was a very good balance to the authors of pain. You know, it's just like, you got this Godfather type of person, you know. He has uh, two enormous hitman, and it worked. Now it's like, mm. I mean, all Ellering did send a tweet that said that it wasn't a traveling issue, but I don't. I'm not sure if I'm buying that. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I'm buying that because they need a they need a mouthpiece. They, they I mean, how are they going to sell themselves? You know. And why was their match with Rhino and uh, Slater so competitive? I said that. I, I tweeted that. I'm not a fan of that. I'm not a fan of that at all. Exactly. Because I didn't get that. It, it, you have to push your talent. If you keep having these competitive 50-50 matches, who's getting over? You know, if you're – why in the world would the authors of pain have a competitive match with Slater and Rhino and it's it's it, it makes no sense. You're not trying. You're not putting over Slater and Rhino. You're not you're not, you're not putting them over at all. So and same thing with Oscar. That's the reason why Oscar, you know, her luster started to fade out a, a bit because they kept putting her in all these competitive matches with Emma and and, and Dana Brooke. And I'm like, Ugh. really? <laughs> I mean. <clears throat> It just it was it was ridiculous yeah. to me. Same with Ember Moon. I mean, Mickey James is a shoe in Hall of Famer. I said it before. If she if she retires tomorrow, she'll be in the Hall of Fame next year. She deserves it every bit of it. But if you're trying to put Ember Moon over, cannot you may you have to make her look like a dominant force. She can't have these competitive matches. With people you're not investing in, it just makes absolutely no sense to me. It, that's to me, it's very poor booking, and it takes away the tradition of really 
spending time to invest in people, to invest in wrestlers. And I and I tweeted this. I said Goldberg is in the Hall of Fame for a reason. His whole gimmick for the for most of his career was to come in, dominate, have short matches. You had 170 something, what 173? I think it was uh, a streak, and the most of them, of course, except for that match against Regal <laughs> that everybody knows about. Most of his matches were come in, dominate, spear, jackhammer, done, and that's how he got over. If, if Goldberg would have had competitive matches in the very beginning, now. The very beginning of the match, like when he was going against Hugh Morris and people like that, that was more competitive. But that's not what got Goldberg over. What got Goldberg over was the fact that he would come in, plow through his talent, spear jackhammer done. That's what got Goldberg over. That's how you build stars. If you're having these matches where you have these people who you want to build as dominant forces and they have competitive matches against people who you haven't invested in in months, it makes absolutely no sense. And I'm, I don't I don't like that concept whatsoever. Uh, SmackDown, like I said, SmackDown was a, a solid show for me. Uh, I, I think it was I think this whole Superstar yeah. shakeup this year was pretty good. I, I, I got Let's talk about how Daniel Bryan literally almost kissed the nipple of Big Cass. Like his, his face is literally right at Big Cass's chest. Yeah. And you can see yeah. how tall Big Cass is. And he looked good. Yeah. No, I mean, I yeah. mention that. He, he looked good. He did. He did. Um, still harping Rowan. I mean, them beating up, you know, those. I just, you know. You got Naomi, you know, saving her bay now. And, you know, they're really oh, important. Oh, gosh. You know. <laughs> I'm actually um, glad. I'm actually glad Gallows and, um, Anderson are going to SmackDown. Yeah, that, I, I called that. I, I saw I saw them coming. I, I, I knew that I mean, they need to change the scenery too. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm I'm cool with them. I'm, I'm good with. Actually, I don't disagree with any of the any of the change. I think Joe was a good. I think Joe put some stuff in the main event. Now I think he kind of got shrouded in the stacked top talent. Now since he's on SmackDown, I think he puts himself as a top contender. Um, who uh, Oscar? Of course, you know that'll be interesting to see where that goes. Uh, Sin Cara is—is is that still Hunico? Not running the same thing. <laughs> like what? <laughs> he is not, not cruiserweight anymore. Because I remember it has to be somebody else. I just. Because just a few months ago he was, you know, he was a big. I mean, Hunico's a big dude. Uh, yeah. He's not like Mystico. Because Mystico was actually a smaller guy. But when they put it, because uh, you know, Hunico was, uh, you know, they have the Sin Cara Azil and the Sin Cara Negro, and then you know, the black and the blue, and uh, Hunico was the heel Sin Cara. So he's he was the big became one. the Sin Cara. And so, um, you know, he's gotten bigger over the years. Um, But there was, I mean, but he got back in shape, and he was a a big dude. He was, you know, I remember he was feuding against Baron Corbin. I was like, man, this, uh, he's a big dude. But uh, SmackDown, Sin Cara, uh, 
I don't know who the heck that was. <laughs> <laughs> it could have been yeah. Manny. Could have been a uh, suicide. Well, suicide for a while was uh, Christopher Daniels. Daniels and Kazarian. Uh, and then, uh, and then it was T.J. Perkins for a while it too. And there Perkins, was somebody right. else. I forgot. Kazarian played it was. for a little bit too. Yeah, Kazarian played played it for a little bit. Um, it was also somebody else. It was somebody from Japan too. Um, somebody from Japan. I don't remember who it was. Um, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't one know thing who I mentioned. My only thing is, I, I don't know who the Australian chicks were. Iconic or Arnie or what, uh, I, whatever. Iconics. Yeah. My thing is this. From NXT. They get, you know, Charlotte gets beat up. Becky Lynch. Asuka comes out to save it. Why are you dancing? I'm getting my tail whipped. Why are you sitting there dancing right. before you run out? I mean. If if you wanted to do her dancing, you could have did a segment where they talking and Oscar comes out or something, and then she could come. You don't got time to be dancing. You trying to do a running? Right. Like, can you see in that mask? Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like, come yeah. on, man. That was the other one. You know, odd. you know, you know, um, next week is going to be a, a three, a six lady tag match. You right. Can, you can really right. uh, telegraph that. That was obvious. Yeah. Um. Granny said, I'm with you on the Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Yeah. Granny said, uh, uh, yeah, Travis issue. Really, I don't buy that at all. Yeah, I, I agree with that regarding Ellering. All right, so Kiyoshi was the person I was thinking of from Japan. Um, And then, like you said, uh, Daniels Kazarian. Now it's Caleb Conley uh, from, from TNA. Uh, Caleb Conley. I actually saw him. Uh, he was on the show. Um that I was recovering on WrestleMania weekend. Uh, and of course, Kevin Conley, um, he, uh, teamed with, uh, Trevor Lee for a while. Um, so now he's suicide. So that's interesting. And Jonathan Gresham, did I know that? Jonathan Gresham is, is fantastic. He's in, he's in ring of honor. Hmm. Well, I don't know if I knew that, that it was, uh, that it was uh, John, the Jonathan Gresham was. I wonder when he was suicide. Let me bring him on the show and, and talk about the suicide run. Um, yeah, because Gresham is Gresham's small. He's a small guy. Um, I don't know. He's yeah. He's a smaller guy. Because uh, Conley's six foot. Gresham has yeah. Gresham's five four. So he's a small guy. Uh, the WWA Four Wrestling School. That's the um, that's the that's the school that uh, AR Fox runs, I believe, um, in Atlanta. So there you go, nice little prodigy there. Um, I think yeah, I think that's the then that's the school that uh, that uh, AR Fox runs. Um, all right, so yeah, overall was pretty good. Uh, all together, I think Anderson and Gallows will be good uh, on there, and uh, AJ Styles is uh, on there. So the the club, not the Balor Club, but the club. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, that's the one that's uh, uh, so the club could, could come back. Um, Hardy, yeah, I wrote I wrote a story about Hardy uh, being backstage, so I, I knew that was coming. Uh, 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 we'll see. We'll see with Almas. 
Um, I think it was about time to bring him up, but uh, we'll see where they put him. I I don't see any. I don't know. I don't. I really don't know what they're gonna do with him as far as just the stack hat. I don't see him as a main event talent. Uh, if they make him a mid card talent, I think matches with him and Jeff Hardy would be really good. Um, I don't know. I just don't see him anytime soon as a top talent with Zelina Vega, uh, Thea Trinidad. Um, I think makes a really good addition, um, addition to to the group. Uh, I've had Thea on my show before. Um, very nice, very nice lady. Uh, so yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. All right. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we got a few minutes left. Uh, we got some some casket match history to talk about. Should be pretty fun. Real quick, further away. Here we go. It is now time for the flavor of the week. All right. So there has been, uh, I believe, twenty eight. I'm not mistaken, 20, not 28, but a total of, um, there's been a total of 18, 18 casket matches. Taker has been in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, fourteen, fifteen 10, 11, 12, 14, 15 out of the 18 casket matches. Uh, the ones that he wasn't in was, um, the okay, so I remember many in Viscera SmackDown 1999. Triple H had like the bunch of gimmick matches that he had to wrestle in one night. Many in Viscera uh, was the, the the casket match. They actually beat Triple H that night, and then Kane beat Triple H on 2000 in 2002 on Raw. So Triple H doesn't have a very successful uh, casket match history. Uh, Undertaker lost to Orton and uh, Bob Orton Sr. and Orton Jr. at No Mercy. I do remember that. Um, and then Taker beat Henry at 22. Uh, we got a comment that said that uh, on the show here from one of the uh, listeners, chat room. And then uh, beat uh, Henry, like I mentioned before, on Raw 2008. And then Taker had a, like Taker had three casket matches within a few months of each other. I thought that was weird. Uh, March of 2008, Henry, and then Chavo on SmackDown. And then a few weeks later, Big Show on Survivor Series, which is weird. Uh, Daniel Bryan beating Kane on SmackDown. That was the last match. That was the last casket match, actually, uh, January 29, 2015. Oddly enough, it was in Hartford, Connecticut, which was uh, the home of Raw yesterday. Uh, Michaels beating The Undertaker at Royal Rumble 98. That was a pretty good one. Um, Raw, Undertaker versus Kane. Undertaker versus Rock on Raw uh, 99. That was interesting. Uh, I, remember, I remember the Gold Dust beating Taker uh, at uh, In Your House uh, with yeah. the help of uh, Mankind. Um and then Taker for the the first, you know, bunch. So ninety two was Kamala Survivor Series, which was uh, in Ohio. Uh, and then uh, be uh, Yokozuna, that uh, of course Royal Rumble ninety four when um, Marty Jannetty was actually risen from. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Okay, so I'm glad you said that. Uh, I actually had that in my notes. No Nikki Cross with Sanity. Uh, her her picture was not with. Uh, with Sandy, so that should be interesting. I wonder why not. They should bring her up, but 
that's 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 odd. Um, yeah, yeah, so very very interesting stuff. Um, very 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 interesting uh, stuff about Nikki Cross not being a part of. Uh, they're gonna keep her down on on on, uh, on um, NXT. I wonder if she's still gonna keep the same type of gimmick on NXT with the music and because. It fits her quite well. It would be odd if they just gave her something different. Um, but yeah, so uh, Taker beating uh, Taker losing the Yokozuna when they had all the people jump. Um, uh, who was it? Jared Bam Bam. I think they had Kabuki. <laughs> I think Kabuki. Kabuki. Was, uh, one of the and a whole bunch of people. Um, yeah. What's Salton, it, uh, the Diesel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, didn't they have Diesel in there too? Yeah, I think uh, Diesel in a fit. Yeah, all the, the whole locker room pretty much. Yeah, I think it was a bunch of heels. Uh, Undertaker defeated Fighting Machine, comma, in a casket match at SummerSlam '95. That's correct. Uh, he also defeated Common uh, uh, in your house uh, that year too. Um, so two years later, Taker beats Yokozuna. Uh, that, that was on with Chuck Norris. That was that sidekick. Yeah, very interesting. Yeah, <laughs> um, very interesting. Uh, Eighteen casket matches. So this will be the nineteenth casket match with the Undertaker against Rusev, and that's the Undertaker's uh, winning streak of casket matches, which is uh, he's won four straight. Um, Lost to, so he's only lost. Um, well, he lost three. Let me see. He lost to well four. Lost to Yoko. Lost to Goldust. Lost to Michaels. And lost to the Orton. So yeah, four. Pretty impressive uh, casket match. Long streak. I mean, seeing how stem from him, <laughs> it makes sense. Well, how in the cell stem from him too. He's actually the original original of a few gimmicks. Um, Buried alive. Buried alive. Yeah. um, And then uh, concrete concrete crit match. Yeah. Yep. (laughs) That was really odd. (laughs) And he ended up he ended up killing Broad Bear anyway. He ended up forever, which was really odd. Um, And then the uh, Inferno match. Oh uh, yeah. Or the Ring of Fire. Oh. All right, ladies and gentlemen, as always, fun, 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 fun show. Episode 316 in the books, ladies and gentlemen. Big thank you to AR Fox. Big shout out to AR Fox for the WWE 4, uh, 4 promotion out of the WWE 4A uh, training school. Uh, WWE 4 ATL, I believe. Uh, is the um, is the uh, uh, website for that? I think. Um, let's find out real quick. WW4ATL. Um, so follow follow him. Follow uh, Eric Fox. Um, yeah, I think it was the WW4A. Um, so yeah, follow Fox to get that, that information. Uh, and ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much uh, for continuing to uh, 
support the team to support the show. I'm trying to get that information for you. Here you go. WWA4 is where it is. WWA4 Wrestling School. Uh, Aaron Fox, ladies and gentlemen. All right, thank you so much. 316 uh, episodes in the, in the books. Thank you so much for the wonderful uh, support. Awesome interaction, as always. Until next week, enjoy your week of wrestling. God bless. And ladies and gentlemen, always remember. Uh, have a good night. Good night, guys. Love you. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.